Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to join me in Proverbs again. And we're going to uh, continue just a Another few Wednesday nights here from the book of Proverbs. I want to speak on a subject probably. I don't know that I've ever just taken this as a topic. But uh, uh, if in fact it is the first time for me to do this just as a, um, a single subject. Not just mentioning it or adding it in somewhere else then so be it. But I think it's a very important thing, certainly in the hour that we live today, and that's not to imply that we've ever been uh, in a time or a season where we don't need people in our lives. But I want to talk about the, the value of friendship and what friends mean to us, just friends, real not acquaintances, but friends. The Bible says in Proverbs 17 and 17, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loveth at all times. I'm very thankful to have friends. Amen. Very thankful to have friends. We've encountered seasons and times in our lives, I'm sure as has most here, if not everybody here, where you went through a painful discovery of finding out not just who your friends were, but finding out perhaps who your friends weren't. And, uh, that can cut your heart out and set it on the table. And so I'm thankful to have friends that love at all times. People that just stand with you, not to condone wrong. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So I'm thankful to have friends. But I want to talk about this in a twofold fashion because I'm thankful to have friends. But I also don't want to lose sight of the fact that I have the obligation and responsibility to be that kind of friend to someone else. So it's not all just about receiving, but it's about giving as well. Amen. May the Lord bless you, and you can be seated if you'd like. <clears throat> the Message Bible quotes this verse as such. Friends love through all kinds of weather, and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. It has been said that he who has a friend is a possessor of one of the greatest gifts that life can bring. And uh, in the course of a lifetime, um, I know that we have seasonal friends. And by that, I don't mean good fair weather friends. But we just have people that uh, we look back over our lives and we, we see where God placed us in people's lives for a season. And where people have been placed in our lives for a season. But we also see that consistent thread of people that, that when our lives intersected... They were, there was just something that wasn't necessarily angels singing in the background, but you just knew something happened. There was just something that there was a connection made, and it was a connection for life. 
Solomon said a friend loves at all times. Changes in the seasons of our lives do not change the devotion of real friends, no matter what we're going through, no matter where we are. Times of adversity, as a matter of fact, in my experience, have only served to deepen the loyalty of a true friend. When you're really going through something, it's not that people put you at arm's length, but there's, there's a deepening to the measure of loyalty that, that happens in that kind of friendship. And I think the reason for this is simple, and that is that simply that friendship is not just a method of using other people, not just a means to an end, but it's a, it's a way of, preci- of appreciating them for who they are and what they are. And uh, every friendship comes with a price. You're going to have to put up with something. And the other side of that coin is somebody's having to put up with something in me to be, for me to be their friend. So you're going to have to tolerate some, some things. And uh, we have to build those tolerances into our lives. But um, the scripture even implies that perhaps friendship can bring people closer together than even kinship. And uh, there, there have been times in certain seasons of my life that I have felt closer to friends than I have my own family. And, um, and that's not to ostracize my family, but it was just that God had placed somebody in my life for a specific thing or a specific reason. Many of you have met one of uh, my dear friends, Brother Tony Frederick. We have been friends for um, probably very close to 30 years. I'll never forget our first initial meeting and uh, the surroundings or the settings of that. And, and uh, as time went on, his life and ministry went one way and ours obviously went another way. And, uh, and so we, we lost touch with one another as far as the ability to see one another. But we talked for many, many years. And I think it was at our 20th anniversary service uh, um, that he was brought here as a surprise guest speaker for me. And that was the first time that we had actually been in one another's presence in either 16 or 17 years. And yet we talked multiple times a week on the phone. But we had not, uh, we had planned to be at certain conferences or meetings and either we wouldn't be able to go or he wouldn't be able to go. And so even the absence of being able to see one another, we maintained that friendship. And uh, he's been a real friend, a true friend. And hopefully I I would hope that he could say that in return. And uh, somebody send him this CD and let's see what what he says about that. Let me hear his response first. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 50, he, he who did the will of his Father in heaven, he said, was his brother and sister and mother. Or in other words, that friendship had blended so tightly until it was almost kinship. He was implying that there are ties, those ties that can be so woven into our lives that it, that it goes beyond just blood relation. Solomon gives some incredible words of wisdom about friends in the 18th chapter and the 24th verse. He said, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But Solomon said, If you want friends, the first thing you got to do is show yourself friendly. And so sometimes people don't have friends because they've never opened themselves up and they've never allowed themselves to be a part of somebody's life or never allow somebody to really be a part of their life. And so in describing this friend who sticks closer than a brother, Solomon warns against superficial approaches in the making of friends. 
You know, some people make friends real easy, but by the same token, they lose friends real easy. And just a lot of people just kind of flow in and out of their lives. And, and we all have acquaintances, and I hope that I'm making myself clear in this. But uh, the reason sometimes people flow in and out of our lives quickly or some people's lives is, is because their friendship has not been placed or built on a, on a good or, the, or a right foundation. And, and in all honesty, there's a limit to how many really close friends we're going to have. We're going to have a lot of people that we know, a lot of people that know us. But I'm talking about close friends. There's, a, there's a, a limit to the number of close friends that any one person can have. And because of this, it is necessary that we choose those friends very, very careful. This is choosing a friend on this level, on the level that I want to speak about tonight, is probably almost as important as choosing a companion. Amen. We need to look for qualities in a person that can, that can bring to the table uh, an enduring relationship. We need to look for qualities in a person that we, we would like to see emulated in our own lives. That's the kind of person that I want to pull into my close network of friends. And so in our text this evening, the scripture implies that the friend and the brother are linked. In other words, the true friend is the same thing as almost a family relation. Furthermore, in times of adversity... The strength of a true friendship is displayed in times of real adversity. People that just stand with you, not because it's fun and not because they're not catching a little bit of shrapnel themselves. <laughs> Amen. But they, decide, they decided, I'm going to be your friend and, and, and we're going to stand and we're going to, uh, we're going to do this together. I don't know what made me think of this, but years and years ago I heard... Elder Brother J.T. Bass say this. It was, we were just in a, a small group of men standing there. He said, you know, gentlemen, if we don't hang together, we're going to hang separate. And so uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of wisdom in that in there. I'm sure he was twitching his eyebrows when he said that. Friends are the people that, friends, real friends, are those people that you can just dare to be yourself around. You can let down the guard. You can just have a bad hair day in their presence. I'm not talking about taking advantage of that. But we can just be ourselves. You can lower your guard. You don't have to be on your guard. You don't have to put on any airs. However, being a friend to someone is a tremendous responsibility because we're not just talking about having those kind of friends in our lives. We're also talking about being that kind of friend. And so to get close to someone, as you get closer to someone, as friendships begin to develop, you obviously see the imperfections in their lives, and they see the imperfections in yours, and sometimes that can be a real challenge. And if we could tweak a few things in our best friends, wouldn't the world even be greater? But the truth of the matter is, is that some of those things are never going to change, and so we just have to realize that that's the challenge I'm going to have to tolerate in that. But in addition, we become responsible to keep the confidence of that friend and not to put their weaknesses out for everybody to see and, 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 and the whole world to be privy to. And so the thing that we got to understand about this subject is that the Lord placed in all of us a desire for fellowship, a desire for communion or communication, companionship. God put in us a desire for friendship. And so uh, it's a desire that reflects, I think, the very nature of God. Throughout His Word, the, left, the, throughout his word, the Lord left us instructions on being a good friend, and then selecting carefully friends ourselves. 
The book of Proverbs says a lot about friends, and I'm not going to try to look at every specific verse, but it speaks about the kind of friend that we ought to look for and the kind of friend that we ought to be. Proverbs teaches us that there's more to friendship than just being acquainted with someone or just socializing with someone every now and then. And uh, there are people that we just have very casual acquaintances with. We, we see them at certain events, specific times or seasons or places, and we call them friend, consider them friend, and not being pretentious about that at all. But they're not those individuals that we would call on. They're, they're, those, they're not those that we would really depend on to be there if, if our life were to make some kind of dip or turn. To make it through life, we need close friends. We need an inner circle of friends. I'm talking every individual that, that hears this tonight. We need an inner circle of friends, people that we can depend on. For just a few minutes, I want us to look at two aspects of friendship, and that is, one, how to, how to choose a friend, and secondly, how to be a friend. And um, when I talk about friendship, again, I'm, I'm, just, I'm referring to those people that you allow the closest end to your life. Everybody on the same page with me now? Amen, let's go. People who, who you know and people that, you, that know you inside and out, they know the good, they know the bad, they know the ugly. People that send you hair down. <laughs> In practical terms, God's word gives us some guidelines on how to follow, or guidelines to follow while endeavoring to make friendships. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, 12 and 26, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. Another translation of that passage says it this way, the righteous man is a guide to his friend, but the path of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous man is a guide to his friend, someone that contributes something to them, not just by way of monetary, not monetary things or tangible, literal things, but make great contributions into their lives, and through that we guide them. And so when it comes to choosing friends, it's like you're hiring somebody to be your right-hand man, and somebody's hiring you to be their right-hand man. And you, you can't buy loyalty. You, you can't buy loyalty. It's either there or it isn't. And so we need to look for those qualities in a person that, we're, that we want to make that kind of friendship with. This is a person that you're going to re remember. This is a person that you're going to seek advice from in the time of trouble. And so if you watch them throughout other aspects of their life and they're a loose cannon, you might want to double think that. Because if they're a loose cannon with advice with other people, what makes us think they're not going to do the same thing to us? And at that moment in my life where I'm really needing somebody to give me left or right directions, I don't want a loose cannon. I want somebody that will prayerfully consider, will exercise some wisdom and good judgment, place themselves in my position, and, and, and move forward in that regard. This is someone that we're also going to be able to share some of the greatest moments of our lives with. We're also going to be able to share some of the worst moments of our lives with. This is not only someone that you can learn from, but this is also going to be somebody that we are going to have the ability and the responsibility to teach. And that's a very serious thing that shouldn't be taken lightly at all because we're not in a relationship that's one-sided, but hopefully we're going to be able to give that back. Obviously, if we're, 
every day of our lives, we are called on to be friendly to everybody and to be cordial to everyone. Every day, everywhere we go, we're showing the love of God to others through uh, the, very, the very means or how we interact with them. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, the church folks, that's the only thing I know. I've, I've spent my whole life around church folks, and so I, I feel qualified to say what I'm about to say. But church folks can be some of the snootiest people you ever want to meet. That's the truth. They can be very rude in public places and public settings. I've been embarrassed off of the chart in restaurants and other things. just wanted to crawl out under the door just by the way people are treated. And now everybody may be snooty. I don't know. I just live, I live my life dealing with church folks. Isn't that all right? So if you want to find out how the people act when they go to Napa, you need to talk to the man behind the counter because that's who he deals with every day. But sometimes church people can be very aloof. I've mentioned this many times and not trying to be cute because I don't think it is cute. But I've seen people other places and, uh, you know, you're out of town, out of state, and you see somebody that looks like they're a Christian person and, and you just got to hem them up and get them in a headlock to get them to smile. And I think that's terrible, terrible. Because everywhere we go, we're representing the Lord and we ought to be the friendliest people on the face of the earth. If anybody ought to be able to work through situations, it ought to be people that have the power of God, the anointing of God in their lives. So we're showing the love of God to others through how we interact. But there, there must, we have to be very selective, however, when, we are, when we're choosing people with whom we're going to share our heart and, and intimate things about our lives. One, one wise person stated this. He said, be cautious in choosing your friends and even more so when you get ready to change them. Think about that. Choosing friends in many ways is like choosing a mate, and so we've got to be very, very careful. So when we, when we are choosing friends, we need to be on the lookout for certain criteria. We need to set that standard pretty high. And so when, whenever you're choosing friends, pulling people into your life, we, we need to be careful about that, but we also want to be very cautious that we don't just throw somebody down in a time of need because, after all, that may be why they needed a friend. And in being a friend, we ought to strive to be the kind of person that we are desiring to find in, in others. And with that said, let's look at the kind of friend that you want to have and the kind of friend that you need to be. The Bible says in our text tonight, Proverbs 17 and 17, that a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Simply put, the love of a true friend is consistent, something you can count on. Uh, you can count on a real friend no matter where you are. And I know that technology has made our world a whole lot smaller uh, in the day that we live in, but I'm thankful to know that I've got people that no matter where I would find myself in the world, they would come to my aid. Aren't you glad to have that kind of friend? People that you would do the same thing for them. No matter, no matter how high the mountain, you would give it the stellar effort to climb it in order to help them because that's, what, that's the kind of friend that you want them to be and certainly the kind of friend that you want to be for them. And so we think of the people that we call our closest friends. And uh, I want to be selective on that. Do they judge me? Do they belittle me? Are they the kind of friend that, uh, rather, are they the kind of friend that understands the scripture that says weep with them that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice? And, and I want that kind of friend. I want a friend that when sorrow has plagued my life, they know how to sit down on the doorstep and help me cry a river. <laughs> but when something goes right in my life or... Or, or the tables tilt in my favor, 
I want somebody to rejoice with me in that and, and, not, and not be critical about that or, or, or not be jealous of that. I want, I want my friends to prosper and I want them to be in good health and we want their children to prosper. We want to stay connected to them. Amen. want their families to prosper. We want whatever they're doing for the hand of God to be upon that. And so uh, with, with those things, we have to ask ourselves, am I the kind of person that somebody could turn to in the time of trouble? Knowing, knowing that their response is going to be a response of love. Is that the kind of person that I can turn to in the time of trouble and not feel wrath and rebuke coming my way? Amen. Amen. I have to ask myself, is that the kind of friend? Because the closer you get to your friends, as I mentioned a moment ago, the more you're going to see in them as far as faults and the more faults they're going to see in us. I don't, you know... There's not one true friend that I have in my life that doesn't require some latitude on my part. Got to be understanding because they got little quirks just like I got little quirks, just like you got little quirks. And so we had to build a little bit of latitude in our, in our lives so that we can endure those particular moments. One person said this, every man should keep a cemetery in which to bury the faults of his friends. <laughs> I like that. A true friend will sing with you when you're on the mountaintop. They'll hold your hand. They'll help you. But at the same time, when life, life's course takes us through a valley, that same friend can silently walk with you. They don't have to say anything. They just can be there. A friend will strengthen you with their prayers. They bless us by the love that they pour into our lives and help us. They encourage us. I'm thankful for encouragers, people that not just amen corners, but I'm just talking about people that are true encouragers. They just know how to lift you up at the right time. You know, people uh, just, there are certain people that just have that sense about them. They know uh, not only what to say, but they know when to say it. A friend strengthens you, and they, they come along beside you, and they establish your steps. It's invaluable to have somebody to stand beside you during times of trouble. Job learned this in his adversity, and Lord, if you've ever read the story of Job, it, it's, it's quite a, a sensational thing to realize that this man survived all of that. And not just all the things that he lost, but the questions of people that he was counting on to be his friends. So whoever your friends are, we have to realize that they're not going to be perfect and they're going to make mistakes. And at that time, more than any other time in, they, in their life, they need a loyal friend. Now don't get me wrong, I don't think that we should or uh, that we have to endure sin. I, that's not what I'm referring to. But we also shouldn't be so quick to abandon somebody. Somebody may have just made a wrong decision. Now there's a difference between wrong decisions and lifestyle choices. If people make lifestyle choices, then we, we may have to back up and, and uh, reassess that. But, but just because somebody ran off the road, I don't want to run off and leave them. I want to make sure that I have given them fair opportunity to get their, their lives back together. Amen. And uh, so I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will help me to realize that I don't just need a friend in my life, but there are times I need to be that friend, to just stand and stand there and be with them. And so when you're choosing friends, we have to ask ourselves, does this person have the capacity and the kind of loyalty to me, and am I willing to do the same for that individual? Choosing friends is a very serious process. Sadly, you're going to run into people that will not stand with you when things go wrong. Ask me how I know. And if I were to give you the microphone tonight, you could talk about that a little while your own self. Because there are some people that are just fair-weather friends. Bless their heart. 
When everything's going well, they can hang in there. But when the clouds start gathering, you had better not build your house around that because they're not going to be there. And that can be a painful thing sometimes whenever you think that uh, your friendship is on a different level than that. But, but at the same time, I'm thankful to tell you that, that we've had people to stand with us. You've had people to stand with you. And they never even questioned. They never blinked. They never batted an eye. When the bullets were flying all around, they were just standing there. Amen. Real friends. They were just there. A few years ago, my oldest brother and his wife tragically lost their son to an automobile accident. We had met a couple that, through them that were their friends. We had just met them uh, through them uh, over the years. And, and I didn't realize the depth of their friendship until Micah was taken. And um, my wife and I noticed this every day that we were there, that the very first thing in the morning they came over to their house. I'm not suggesting this is what you do. I'm just telling you what they did. And he, and, and he just went and sat in the corner. And they were just there. She was busy about the house. They, not, they were not in their, in their face, so to speak. They were not up trying to take care of everything. They were just there. They were just there. I was completely taken by just the, the real ministry of presence that I found in them. They weren't there to try to make all their decisions. They weren't there to be obnoxious and be in the way. They weren't there to just because they were control freaks. They were just there. And they were the very first people that got there at their house during the day. And they were the very last people to leave at night. They were just there. And that thought, the ministry of presence, just kept going, resonating over and over and over in my mind. They were just there. They were just there. A few Wednesday nights ago, we were absent because that very man and woman, their 48-year-old daughter, uh, just come down with cancer. They, she was diagnosed with cancer within just a couple of weeks, was gone. And, uh, and I thought if ever there was a time, I, and I saw my brother and his wife realize here's an opportunity to give back. And they were just that same thing for them. The value of true friends. It's not about somebody patting you on the back and telling you how wonderful you are. It was just they were there. That night when we got to the church for the viewing and the visitation prior to the funeral, I looked into that close little network of a family that, uh, like many families, are very private. Certainly in that a season of their time like that, I looked and there was my brother and his wife. And when it was all said and done, they had a, a private viewing the next day in the burial. And, and of course, uh, my brother and his wife were on that invitation list. Why? Because a friend loveth at all times, at all times. And so I'm thankful for people that stand. The Bible warns against people that uh, kind of flee in, in the times of, in the, in, in the good times or the bad times, rather. Proverbs 19 and 4, the Bible says, Wealth maketh many friends. Imagine that. But the poor is separated from his neighbor. The Message Bible says wealth attracts friends as honey draws flies. But poor people are avoided like the plague. And so there are some people that are just there because things are going well. And when it spills over, they want, some, they want to be close enough to you that some spills on them. <laughs> but when the river dries up, and don't look around and think they're going to be there because they're not. Because they were only there because wealth made many friends. And when we think about wealth, I don't think Solomon was just talking about dollars and cents, but 
you know, when there are just good times in our life, when there's times of season and times of plenty, there are people that just kind of migrate and they want to stand as close as they possibly can because they want that to be theirs. The Bible says in the 19th chapter, again down to verse number 6, many will entreat the favor of a prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. <laughs> as long as you keep doling out, as long as you have something to give, people are there. And again, not just monetarily, but as long as you have something to give, then they're right there to receive. But when that well runs dry, then obviously they're going the other way. I think it goes without saying, but that's not the kind of friend we should have nor be. When we get in trouble, a loyal friend can be better than a brother. If your friend gets into trouble, you know, you don't have to endorse everything somebody's done to be their friend. I've had to be friends at arm's length to certain situations. Does that make sense? I hope you don't think I'm being double-tongued or speaking out of both sides of my mouth. But there were times that I, I, I maybe I had to distance myself from that particular situation, but I didn't want to abandon them because they were my friend. And so I wanted to stand by them as best I could. And so you can be there with them, but you don't, so that they don't have to suffer alone, and you can reach around that. And so a friend hurts when you hurt. Secondly, a true friend is someone that, that can speak directly into your life. And I believe that everybody needs that kind of friend in your life. Somebody that can, has the key to your life and they can say whatever needs to be said. Now, I'm not saying that uh, somebody to be abusive, but there needs to be somebody in our life that has the key to our heart that can just say what needs to be said. A friend means well. A real friend will mean well even if it hurts. But when, when an enemy puts his arm around you, you better be careful. And so the wounds of a friend, they are wounds, but they're trusted wounds. I've had injections that really hurt for more, more than just a moment. But it wasn't somebody just trying to pick on me. It was somebody trying to help me. And so the wounds of a friend can be trusted because they're meant to correct and they're meant and given in love. They're meant to, for edification to help us through a moment. And so we, we need that kind of friend, somebody that, that can speak into our lives. I know that's kind of a term that we hear a lot uh, nowadays, but, but we, we got to be very leery of people that are just trying to get close enough, of, close enough to us just to kiss us. <laughs> One person said an enemy's kisses can be deceptive, and if you think about Judas, that's certainly true. And so a friend will say to you what needs to be said, even if it hurts a little bit. I mean, I've had friends present situations to me and tell me uh, uh, certain things, and you just realize, I've got, to, I've got to react to this. I've got to respond to this. Now, if you will, I didn't plan to say this. It just came to me, and if you'll just take this as a testimony and not anything more than that, I'd like to share something with you. I spoke with a friend of mine just a few days ago, and um, he was going through some trouble uh, with one of his sons, and, uh, and so we, we were at a conference together. I had actually forgotten all about this incident. We were actually at a conference together, and, and uh, I, I saw him sitting off up in, in a, on one of the risers, and so I went up and sat down beside him, and he started telling me about some things he was going through, and he told me how he handled a situation. And when he told me how he handled the situation, just something just smote my heart. And I realized that I bear a responsibility to address this. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out what to say. 
and um, or I knew what to say. I just didn't figure out how to say it. And so whenever he got through talking, I asked him, I said, can, can I say something to you? And he said, sure. I said, when you get home, you need to fix that. And so he, and I talked just a few days ago on the phone, and he said, when I left that conference, he said, I got on the plane flying home, and, and he said, I was seated beside another pastor that he just knew of. He didn't really know him personally. And as they began to talk, he felt led to just share with him some things that he was going through in their family. And when he shared with him exactly what he shared with me, he said, that man looked at him and said, can I say something to you? And he said, yes, sir. He said, when you get home, you need to fix that. <laughs> and he said, when I got home, I fixed that. And that, that relationship is mended. Now, I'm, I'm not boasting. What I'm telling you is that that, that was a, an oh-no moment for me because I thought, I mean, we were at a conference. I just went to sit down and say, how are you doing? And then all of a sudden, I, I got some information handed to me, and I thought, this is my friend. I, I have to address this. Does that make sense? And so I'm, I'm, I need somebody that, by the same token, that can speak just that way into my life. And I've had friends, have friends that have spoken into my life. And when I got through pouring my heart out to them, they said, you know what? You were wrong. You were wrong. You know, I'd love to tell you that I just set the phone down and danced and carried on and cried and wept and spoke in tongues. It don't feel good when somebody tells you that you're wrong. But when you know it's coming from a trusted friend and you know they have no private agenda, this is what friends are all about. We're talking about words to live by, words of wisdom that can be imparted into our lives. And so I'm thankful for that. And uh, so I just share that with you by way of testimony. And so in short, someone who isn't your friend is just going to say whatever's the easiest thing to say to get out of the moment. When that may not be in our best interest, we may need somebody to just get up and just say what needs to be said. And you know what? You can say something without, I've always said to people and, and uh, said it privately and, and publicly that you can say anything you want to say it, say anything you want to say to me. You don't feel like you have to put it on the end of a spear and run it through me. But <laughs> there's a way to say anything is what I'm saying. There's a way to approach that. And so I don't want a friend that'll just say whatever needs to be said at the moment to get out of the situation. I need somebody that can say what needs to be said. And I don't want to give the, 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 a friend as just a friend for negative things. That's not the case at all. But a friend offers encouragement. A friend offers support. A friend says things that can build you up and build your confidence. A friend can be counted on to give you good advice. Amen. And so when, when we talk about faults and failures and and uh, and. and and shortcomings in our life, I'm thankful for friends that can love us beyond that. Love us beyond that. They can realize that everything, uh, that your life is just much like theirs. The Bible says in Proverbs 27 and 9, Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. In other words, a heartfelt counsel of a friend is like a sweet perfume or incense. Somebody that can help you and give you advice that will encourage you and strengthen you, not just instruct you. There are times of instruction, but sometimes you just need to be encouraged. Sometimes you need somebody to just come along beside you and that added strength. So when you're choosing your friends, you have to ask yourself, is this a person that I could turn to for some real godly counsel? Is this a person I could really count on? 
Does this person have the capacity to say what needs to be said, good or bad? Do they have the wherewithal to just stand up and say, I need to say something? That's the kind of person that we need in our life. Then we need to ask ourselves this same question, am I willing to be that kind of a friend? To stand and be counted when we ought to be counted. To be an encourager when we need to be an encourager. The bottom line is this. A friend says what needs to be said out of, a, out of a desire to help and not hurt. And then let me say this. When somebody has the wherewithal to come to us as a friend, we need to receive that. It's not always easy and it's not always fun. But thankfully we have somebody in our life that loved us enough to say something. Because I'll guarantee you if one person come to you, there's 24 that's just talking about it. Maybe 50, maybe 100 that are just talking about it. Thankfully, somebody weaseled out of the crowd and, and came and said, hey, we need to talk. Finally, a true friend is someone that can help you become all that you can possibly be. Proverbs 27 and 17 says this, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And so this verse states that one of the most important aspects of this process, the influence of our friends, are really going to determine our character in the long run. I once heard a man say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that's the truth because our friends are going to, they're going to affect us. Iron sharpeneth iron. Think about that for just a moment. You know, to those people that always need to be in charge, to those people that always need to be the big fish, even if it is a little pond, you really need to think about this. Because there are some people that they always just want to be the one doing the influencing and never influenced. And so in order to do this, in order to make that possible, you have to surround yourself with people that are made out of softer metal than you are. History says that Hitler, Adolf Hitler would not allow any of the people that was his closest uh, the people that would stand by him, any of his drivers, anybody, Adolf Hitler was not a tall person, but he would not allow anybody to be near him that was taller than him. You can fill in the rest of that. And so in, in order for you to always be the influencer, that means you've got to hang around people that are made out of softer material than you are. And that's not going to be fair to you in the long run. And it's not going to be fair to me in the long run. And so if you're going to sharpen an axe, you better make sure that what you're going to be sharpening that with is tougher than the metal that the axe is made out of. Or you're never going to be able to accomplish that. Iron sharpens iron, and when iron sharpens iron, sparks fly. Now, I'm not talking about every relationship being cantankerous or every relationship being filled with angst, but if I'm going to be influenced, if I'm going to be shapen, if I'm going to be molded, then I'm going to have to acquiesce to somebody that is stronger than me, that is smarter than me. And so I say it all the time, and I don't mind repeating it tonight, that you need people in your life that know more about the Bible than you. You need people in your life that are more prayerful than you. They're smarter than you. They're more spiritual than you. Come on, is that all right? We need people in our life like that. Why? Because I need to be influenced. I don't, I, I, if, I am, if I am only the influencer, then I'm never having my life shaped. And so I want to, I want to have people around me that are, that are stronger than me. A true friend is someone that wants you to grow and they want you to mature. They don't want to just uh, stand around and, and be the, the, the taller person in the crowd, so to speak. And so this... This speaks to the issue of influence. Your, influence. your friends are going to influence you. And so the question is this. 
Which way are they going to influence you? It's not whether or not they are. It's just what way are they going to influence you? Proverbs 22 and 24, the Bible says this. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy, to, to thy soul. So he said, don't make friendships with an angry man. And so here, here it is, quite simple. He said, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways. And so if you just hang around, let's just use that literal illustration. If you just hang around somebody that's angry all the time, you know what? You're going to be angry after a while. And so he said, after a while, then that's going to become a snare to your soul. And so you got to distance yourself from situations like that. And so people that you share your life with have to have the ability to influence you. And so realizing that influence goes both ways. So make sure that we share our lives with people that have good character and they have our best interest in mind. Because when we choose our friends, it's almost like choosing our companions. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. And so if you stay around it long enough, you just kind of get desensitized to it and you become that. And so whoever you bring into your inner circle will have influence on your life. Therefore, we've got to seek out friends that can bring the best out in us and we need to try to bring the best out in other people. Choose our friends with qualities that you admire, qualities that you want to see in your own life. Proverbs 13 and 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So if you want to be wise, find some wise people. <laughs> Amen. I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence, but it's really that simple. It really is that simple. As our, as our musicians make their way to the platform, I will bring this to a close with this. If you don't have close friends, I hope that you'll start seeking that out. Because we all need friends. We need people that we can talk to. And that people that, that can talk to us. We need to find people of wisdom. People of character. People that are spiritual. People that have compassion. Because. Let me figure out how to say this. I said we need to have people in our life that have compassion. You know, there, there are some real hard people in life. Just hard. And if we're not careful, we can think somebody's harshness is cute. I don't have an agenda. This just popped in my head, so I'm going to let it flow out in my mouth. But what we don't realizes this is that biting dogs bite they don't care who they bite biting dogs bite and so when you ally yourself with somebody that's harsh and curt and critical when your ship runs aground that's how they're going to react to you so you need somebody in your life that's compassionate because it will help you be compassionate. And then when the day comes that you need a friend, they're going to reach out to you with compassion. And, and there's no such thing, no such thing as having too much compassion. Put yourself 
where others are. And it's real easy when, you know, you're here and somebody else is here. It's real easy to kind of kind of get in a feel like, you know, you're really above and beyond all these mistakes and failures. But let me tell you, we're all just one bad decision away. Just one bad decision. I'm not trying to strike fear tonight. I'm just telling you how, how fragile life is. We're just one bad decision away from being at the bottom of the bottom, wherever you consider that to be. And so our lives can be changed, altered, forever altered with just one poor decision. And so I want somebody in my life at that moment that has compassion, somebody that has wisdom, somebody that has some understanding. As we talked about this evening, this is a process where we really need to be selective. Also, I want to say that if you're involved in friendships that are dragging you down, can I offer you a word of advice? You need to distance yourself. You need to distance yourself. And I've often said that we have to be honest when it comes to the issue of influence. I don't think the church, obviously we, we, we should be insulated and not isolated. So we're in the world, not of the world. And so as born-again believers, we're going to have friends that are not in the church. They're not Christians. You're going to work with people that are not Christians. You may just have friends that are not Christians. But you know what? The moment that they're having more influence on you than you're having on them, then you've got to make a decision. Can I just be real blunt? Look in the mirror. Do they look more like you or do you look more like them? That's, that's real easy to answer. And then you can figure out who's influencing who. And that's the day that we've got to make some hard decisions. I've got to distance myself from people that are pulling me down. You know, there's some people I've I read this years ago. This is not original to me that you don't need a lid on a bucket to keep a crab in it. All you need is another crab. Because <laughs> every time that one crab will almost get out, the other crab will make sure he pulls him back down. So you don't need a lid, you just need another crab. And if you've got crabs in your life, and only you can answer that. People that are just pulling you back down, they're in the bucket, they want you to be in the bucket. They're in the dump, they want you to be in the dump. They're down, they've got nothing going for them, they don't want you to have anything going for you. That's the truth. And so chances are they're going to have more success pulling you down than you're going to have pulling them up. And so at that moment, I've got to distance myself from that. I've got to shake myself from that. I've often said that we have to be honest about that, and we need to examine the, that kind of friend and then pray that we're not that sort of friend to somebody else. Let's stand. God may have already put people in your life who, who, who need and deserve your friendship, but they need, to be, they, they need and they deserve the, the best kind of friend there is. They need somebody that knows how to hurt when they hurt. They need somebody to say what needs to be said in ways that can help them become better. And they need somebody that can bring out the best in them. I, Sister Jackie, don't, uh, Richards, don't let me offend you with this. I should have asked you for permission. But if I thought it would offend you, I wouldn't do it. But I remember many years ago when, when you lost your first son, Chiefy. 
And I remember your husband saying some, something one afternoon. I was at your house. We were visiting. And he said, you know, he said, I know people mean well. But he said, sometimes people are trying to say something when silence would just be a whole lot more appropriate. Just being there. And I learned a very powerful, powerful lesson standing in that living room that day. What could you say to a parent that's lost a child that's going to fix it? Nothing. There's nothing you can say. But that ministry of presence, that friend, somebody that can just be there and just be stability. Just be someone to stand beside you. That's the kind of friend that we need. And that's the kind of friend we need to be. And so God delivers us from feeling like we always got to have the right thing to say. Because some situations there's not a right thing to say. Some situations there's not anything you can say that's going to change it, fix it. We just need to be there. Amen. I wonder if we could just make an altar where you stand. Would we sing this song and let the Lord minister to us tonight in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.